Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and normally what I do is read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong Will Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. But today I am not going to read from my book of poetry. I'm just going to talk for a moment. So for some reason, I woke up in the wee hours of the morning. I could not sleep. Um, It was around probably 3 a.m. ish. Um, And I literally, you know, well, for those of you who could truly relate, um, I feel like there's something stirring in my spirit and I don't quite know what it is. Part of it, I believe, is excitement. The other part is, um, for the lack of a better way to put it, like when you're wondering. So when you feel a shifting in the atmosphere and you don't quite know how to feel about the shifting in the atmosphere. Um, And the only thing that I can relate that to Um, it's kind of like the unfamiliar. So you have, it's not really in a level of anxiety. It's more or less curiosity is. So imagine if you will, like your first day of school and you know that, um, you're going to meet new people. You know that you're on a, going to be on a, in a brand new environment and you anticipate, So you're excited because you know that you're on a new horizon. You know that something um, is about to take place in a few hours and you can't quite explain it. But the night before your first day of school, you literally cannot sleep. That's exactly how I've been feeling. And so um, I don't know what is happening, um, but I do know that I felt a shifting and literally just could not go to bed. Like I I couldn't sleep anymore. I couldn't keep my eyes closed. Um, And maybe that's my body telling me, hey, girl, around this hour, you need to be getting up to work out. I don't know yet. (laughs) I guess I'll figure it out. If it becomes a if it becomes something routine, then it could very well be that my body is like, this is the amount of sleep that you need. Once you get this amount of sleep, this is what we're going to do going forward. And if that is what's taking place, then I am A-OK with that. But I literally felt a shifting and could not go to sleep after that. And so I went through a few videos and tried to see if there was a word of encouragement that I could glean from and tried listening to all these various things. And I was like, OK, Lord, did that. And I'm still anticipating what it is that you have to say to me or what it is that is taking place. And I literally started thinking about, because I know that, um, you know, depending on your spiritual journey and how it is that you are um, and what it is that you've watched and what it is that you've listened to, some people will say that at a certain hour, it's the angel's hour, And that's when God speaks. So I literally was like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell me at three o'clock in the morning? (laughs) 
<laughs> because now I can't go to sleep and I'm tossing and turning and I don't know why I'm tossing and turning. What is the message? And I believe that part of it is, is that I'm very much aware that my atmosphere, the way that I guess I'm used to doing things um, is shifting, is changing. And I'm trying to be more mindful of where and which way I should go when it comes to the things of God. Um, And I'm trying to make sure that my steps are ordered by him. And so one thing that I've come to realize is that everyone is not going to celebrate you. They're not going to celebrate your accomplishments. They're not going to rejoice for you. They're not going to um, shout hallelujah. They're not going to be excited about the things that concern you. Um, everybody does not clap for you. I um, mean, there are a lot of people in this world that whenever your breakthrough occurs or your deliverance comes, um, they're excited when you're celebrating them. They're excited when you're giving them the, the grand hoorah. But then you will notice if you pay close attention that those same people, when it's your time to be blessed, um, will walk away. They'll walk out of the room. <laughs> they'll, they'll dismiss themselves um, and tell you that that has nothing to do with them, not by their words, but merely by their actions. And so you've got to be okay with that. Um, And you've got to be okay with that for many, many reasons. And one of the reasons being is because what I've learned in life is that everyone is not meant to ride your vision to the very last moment because it's your vision. And it's a vision that was given to you directly from your creator. Therefore, the only true being that needs to ride with you to the very end is the one that created that desire in you um, to have a vision to begin with. But not everyone is going to be on that ride with you. And I'm starting to recognize and look over the course of my life and see that there were certain chapters of my life and in those chapters, it's almost as if, although I was the main character, you know, you got like the the um, the other person or the other people, the other characters in the book. And as that chapter gets ready to close, some of those characters kind of like fade into the background. And it used to bother me. It really, really used to bother me because a lot of times, you know, when I look back at things, I noticed how the moment that someone that I was close to, a good friend of mine or whatever, would get a major breakthrough, that I would celebrate them, rejoice for them, be ecstatic for them. And then once my season came and it was time for them or at least that was the expectation sometimes to rejoice for me, to be ecstatic for me and clap for me. I wouldn't hear anything. It was like crickets. 
It was like crickets. Like, yeah, uh uh-huh. And I promise you that used to bother me. And I'm looking over, you know, it's kind of like going through a, a family album. And you see certain photos and you're like, oh, my goodness, I remember when. I remember when she and I went over here. I remember when he and I went over there. And you're just like, oh, okay, those are the days. And you're like, I wonder what they're up to or I wonder what they're doing. And and then you start to realize like, oh, that's right. They stopped speaking to me and I don't even know why. And I'm so glad that I read certain books that let me know that it was not always about me. They had their own personal battles. Um, But I also recognize that people are not always conditioned to rejoice for others. They're just not. Some are. It's a, it can be a learned behavior. Sometimes you got to teach yourself to do that. And so um, I have had to learn how to celebrate alone. <laughs> and yeah, it was an adjustment. But it's kind of like when you, let's say that you actually have a child with someone. And that child is about to walk across the stage on graduation day. And you know that the other parent is alive and well. But for whatever reason, they have made a choice, a conscious decision to walk out of that child's life. And even though you want to share those moments, those monumental moments, you no longer have the option of doing that because they made a conscious decision to walk out. And having to do your best to be present for that child so that they, even though you know that they may feel a void, you know that there's a void there um, and they may never talk about it because they may not feel like um, that feeling is warranted, but you know that it's there. And trying to find ways to let them know that it's not their fault. It's nothing that they did. It's just something that that other parent opted to do. And hoping that they may never, because they may never be okay with that. But hoping that they accept what they cannot change. And in a lot of ways, you got to be willing to do that when it comes to others rejoicing for you. Or not. Or not. (laughs) And it's okay. It's really, truly okay. But pay attention. Pay close attention to how people are with you when you are finally achieving some of your goals. Um, Be mindful. Don't disregard it. Don't act like you don't see or hear it. Pay close attention. Um, because there's a lesson in that too. And I didn't always, I didn't always pay attention to those lessons. I recall there was one particular, um, situation that I, there was a friendship that I had and you know, you could really believe deep down inside that y'all are like extremely close and you find out that that was your perception, but they sure enough didn't look at it like that. And so, um, even those are lessons to be learned because a lot of times you can have your own perception of, 
how your relationship is going and then you find out that that's not it's not reciprocated or it's not viewed in the same light. Um, And if you're not careful, if you don't pay attention to those signs, you could actually end up hurting yourself even more because you were creating a reality that was not a reality at all, at least not for the other person. It might have been for you. You might have been 150 percent in. And while you were 150 percent in, they were trying to figure out how to get out. (laughs) Um, And I know some people can really, truly attest to that. You're over here thinking, making plans and thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm so in love and I'm so happy. And they're like, child, I'm looking for the next exit. It happens a lot. It really, really does. And so. um, But, yeah, you can this particular friendship. I was, I mean, thinking that, hey, we've been friends for a while. We weathered a lot of storms. We're going to be good. You know, some of these friendships, we've been trying to make them lifetime friendships, and they really are just seasonal. Um, And so one day I looked up and I was like, wait a minute. I'm not, the girl ain't even answering my phone calls. Like, And then you start to, (laughs) you start to think like, what did I say or what did I do? To make this individual all of a sudden avoid me like I'm a plague. And it's whatever personal battles that they have going on. So when our past finally did cross again, um, she ended up telling me, which looking back, you know, looking back, I'm like, okay, that might have been her truth. But then again, it could have been an excuse. Um, But she was like, well, you I know that you had decided to reconcile with this individual and. I didn't want to be an influence in terms of which direction you went. So I just went ahead and I removed myself from the equation. And I'm thinking, okay, well, if you felt like my reconciling with that particular person was an issue as a friend, I would think that you would take the time out to speak to me in that regard instead of just removing yourself from the equation, even if you didn't agree with the option of me wanting to reconcile. But instead, you just removed yourself from the equation, which caused me to believe. Now, mind you, we didn't have a conversation. This is everything going on in my head. But you removed yourself from the from the friendship or what I thought was a friendship um, without saying a mumbling word like. And I used to literally be like that, like, who does that? Then the older that I got and the more that I started to see that pattern in people. I was like, child, it's a whole lot of people that do that. I think I've even been guilty of the same thing. Just like, let me just remove myself. I'm not going to argue with the person. I'm not going to let me just go on and remove myself from the equation. And you know what? I heard something today. I heard something today. And what was said was like, oh, wow. So I have to paraphrase because I don't remember what this individual said verbatim. But he says something along the lines of when. Oh, okay. So his name is MJ, just MJ Harris. So for those of you that listen to him or have heard him, um, that's where I'm getting this from. And so he had made the comment that um, whenever he said that he used to believe that if you block someone, you find your peace. And he said what he recognized. And remember, I'm paraphrasing because I heard it. And now I'm trying to I'm trying to convey it. He said, what you do by doing that is that you do not give yourself the opportunity for people to apologize. 
And so I used to do that a lot, just block people without giving them an opportunity to state their cause or state their perspective or give their point of view. And listening to that, I was like, you know what? I personally have been guilty of that. And there's some there's some mindsets that have to change (laughs) whenever you want to grow. And whenever it is that you want to experience greater. And that I think that's one of them. I think one of the mindsets that I that was required of me to change was blocking people. And I mean, not just like on the phone. I'm talking about like blocking them out. So even when it comes to others not being willing to rejoice for me. If I were to take the stance of like, I'm just going to block you mentally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, spiritually, because you're not willing to rejoice for me. Who's to say that after they've gone through whatever they've gone through with their own individual battles? Because remember, everything is not always about us. And so... um that they won't have a moment of reflection and be like, you know what? I really need to congratulate this individual. There's nothing that they did to me that should cause me to feel the way that I feel. So I really should take the time out to congratulate them. So I learned personally a few years ago it's probably more like a decade ago or so, but I'm just going to say a few years ago, um, the importance of rejoicing for others. And you know how they tell you that practice makes perfect. Well, I started doing that to the point, like my daughter made a comment to me. My youngest child made a comment to me. And I'm not even going to lie, y'all. Initially, (laughs) I was offended because I have made it a point a point to rejoice for others to the point that my youngest child said that I am obsessed with rejoicing for others. And I was offended. <laughs> so let me tell you, and maybe it's because of the, the connotation that obsession has. But let me just share because it could actually be a good thing. Maybe we should be obsessed with rejoicing for others. But it says preoccupy or fill the mind of someone continually, intrusively and or and to a troubling extent or be preoccupied with or constantly worrying about something. Maybe we don't because worry is not supposed to be a good thing. Um, So maybe that's why I was offended. So what does it mean to be obsessed? Preoccupied with or haunted by some idea or interest, being in a state of obsession. This was because on vacations. Okay, so that was somebody giving an example. Um, okay, so maybe that's the reason why I was offended. Because I was like, obsessed. I'm not obsessed with rejoicing for this individual. I am just, oh, that's what it was. So then I explained that I was just a supporter. So let's look that up. Oh, an obsession according to, hold on, obsession. I just want to make sure I let y'all know that I, this, was, this came from the Oxford Languages Dictionary. So the next one is support. 
because that's exactly what I believed that I was doing. Um, and I believe that I continue to do is support this particular ministry. But my child said, you're obsessed with this ministry. <laughs> anyway, so I said, um, I said, no, I'm just supportive. So bear all or part of the weight of to hold up. Give assistance to, especially financially, and able to function or act. And this is according to the Oxford Language Dictionary. And then the last one is the meaning of rejoicing. So let's look that one up. And um, this was, y'all, no, um, this I'm literally going through this at four something in the morning. So we're going to learn together. So according to the Oxford Language Dictionaries, it is great joy or jubilation. That is what it means to rejoice for others. So because I've been watching this particular ministry for, I believe, about five years, and I have watched this individual grow in ways unimaginable. You know how like a lot of times when you see someone achieving certain things that you aspire to achieve, if it's a healthy perspective, then you are going to rejoice for them. You are going to be supportive of them. You are going to um, be happy for them and full of joy because they're accomplishing some of the things that you want to check off your own list. And it's not jealousy. It's true. You know, if you're if you're putting it in its right place, it's not jealousy. You are truly supporting and rejoicing for them. And so um, when I heard the words obsessed, I'm like, no, I'm not obsessed. But I will tell you this one thing. I am super elated to see a lot of her dreams and aspirations coming into fruition. So, yeah, I, w I was very much offended by the statement. And um, so, no, and. So let me take that back. I don't think that you should be obsessed because that means that's a form of worrying and a form of worrying is never good. So, yeah, I don't believe that you should be obsessed. But whenever you are truly rejoicing for someone um, and being supportive, then that should show. So I, I believe I was right to be offended because I really <laughs> I was like, what? No, I just want this person to win. And I'm glad that they are. Um, but, yeah, rejoicing for others can be a really, really good thing whenever it's placed in its proper perspective. And, um, you know, when they say treat people how you want to be treated, I believe that's one of the things that we need to be mindful of as well, is in order to treat people the way that you want to be treated, you know, rejoicing is one of those things is also. Um, we got to be willing to do that. And that's something that I had to put into practice because I don't think I was always, I, actually, I don't think I know I wasn't always that way. But time has taught me the importance of being able to do that. Not only that, um, when you learn to rejoice for others, it shows you that this too could happen for you. Because there's a scripture in the Bible that says that God has no respecter of persons. So if God has no respecter of persons, that means that the way that that person is being blessed if you pay close attention, you could take notes. It's just like being in class. You can take notes. Okay, so how did you accomplish that if they're willing to share? <laughs> and even if they're not, you can be like, you know what? I am so, and, and not just say it for lip service, but to truly mean it. I'm very happy for you. I'm glad that you, you put this vision down and it has come to pass. Now look at you. And so I've heard someone say that, um, you should surround yourself by people that you aspire to be like. 
And yeah, you may not physically always be in their presence. So what I do, I may follow a whole bunch of people that I aspire to be like um, on the social media sites. And then I watch their journey. I watch their journey. And I celebrate them in what what it is that they're doing. I celebrate them in how far that they've come. And um, it's a lot of people that as I watch them, I'm just like, wow, Lord, it started as a grain, like a little bitty, a little bitty seed. And now look at that big old tree. It's like the mustard seed. It started as a mustard seed of faith. And now you got this big old mustard tree, huge mustard tree, just based off of them trusting and believing in themselves and following the process that was set before them. Not to say that they didn't make mistakes, not to say that they did that they got it 100% all of the time, but even in their making mistakes, you see the grace. And for me, that's a reason to rejoice. I've watched so many people grow. But yeah, you'll have those folks that just they just can't they don't know what is they don't want to. <laughs> They don't want to be happy for you. They don't want to celebrate you. They don't want to to really and truly um, see things God's way concerning you. You know, people of your past can do that. And if you're not careful, you could allow that to affect you. You'll know that you're in a now season and that you're growing and that things are different. But then someone from your past would be like, child, I remember when. Well, see, you're way back there. That was me 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm a new creature now, not the same person. So, yeah, you, you're you not in the mindset to be able to rejoice for me and my accomplishments. I get it. It's OK, because I'm learning how to celebrate myself and rejoice for myself. And sometimes that's what you also have to do when you're going on a journey and going on a path where you have a vision for your life and not everyone is going to catch that vision. You've got to make up in your mind that you're going to celebrate you, even if others don't. I I literally did a recording, a little video um, for my team a few years back, and it was called The Audience of None. Then I had someone tell me, you should have named it The Audience of One. I was like, no, it wasn't given to me like that. But pretty much in that, I was trying to let them know that you may be in a situation where it is that you feel that you're talking to no one. You know exactly where you want to be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And you are doing your very best to stay positive. And it's as if no one is paying attention. But you're not supposed to look at the audience of none. You're supposed to literally manifest your audience of many, of a multitude, and speak to the audience of none as if you were speaking to the masses. And in doing that and in practicing that and in making that something that you do on a regular basis, you will look up And you will have, once you're in the presence of the audience of the masses, it won't be foreign to you because you've been practicing with an audience of none for many, many days or many, many weeks or many, many months or many, many years. 
But because you have practiced that to the level that you practiced it, it won't make you nervous because you've been practicing this whole time. So when the multitude shows up, they're like, oh, my goodness, he sounds like a pro. Oh, my goodness, she sounds like a pro. But guess what? They don't know the backdrop. You've been practicing with the audience of none for many, many, many years. And so I believe it also goes hand in hand with rejoicing, not only for others, I'm sorry, not only for yourself, but for others. Um, And that is so vital because when you practice that, then when your season comes, it's not foreign to you. Because you've been you've been literally celebrating others and rejoicing for others and clapping for others for so long that when your time comes, it's like, hey, hey, you. Yeah, God remembered you too. yeah, <laughs> celebrate you, celebrate you. And that's something that. Yeah, I had to practice and practice and practice and practice to it became second nature. Um, It's something that I stopped doing that I need to pick back up. And I'm going to encourage any of you that have ever struggled with celebrating yourself, because that used to be an issue for me, seriously, um, to practice this. And it can be in any form. But for me, it's in the form of cards. So I remember when I was going through the journey of getting my paralegal studies degree, how... um, This is a side note. Pay attention to conversations. Because in conversations, you can hear, if you pay close attention, who is truly for you and who is truly against you. When you pay attention to conversations, you pay attention to how people respond to you. If you are paying close attention, you will be able to discern, oh, You're just giving me mere lip service, but your heart is not really for me based off of the words and the tone and the undertone that is coming out of your mouth. Learn how to pay attention to that. Pay close attention because you can you can learn a lot about an individual by doing that. I don't know who that's for, but that was truly something that I feel like I was led to share. So when I was going on this journey with the paralegal pursuing my paralegal studies degree, Um, Toward the end, it got very, very lonely is the best way that I could put it. And I had a decision to make because we were being told that we would get our documentation in regards to when we're supposed to graduate. But we kept it kept being pushed like push back, push back, push back. So instead of waiting for these people to decide when we were going to graduate, the moment that I knew when I was taking my last final, I knew the date and everything. I was like, I am going to take time out to celebrate me while they figure that stuff out. So I booked a trip to Atlanta, Georgia by myself to celebrate me um, and my accomplishment. 
And as soon as I booked the flight, as soon as I booked the reservations for the hotel, as soon as I touched base with my oldest daughter, because at the time she was in Atlanta, Georgia as well, and I wanted to make sure that I at least laid eyes on her while I was in that city. As soon as I did all of that, locked in everything, it was a few days later that I get notification. This is your graduation date. This is what you're going to need. This is what you're going to need to purchase. But guess what? I had already booked my flight. I had already booked the hotel. I already had made reservations for me to celebrate me. So I had a choice. Do I walk across the stage to get my degree or do I go and I celebrate me? On one hand, I could have invited family and friends and they could have seen me walk across the stage. On the other hand, I'm merely taking time out to celebrate me and my accomplishment and having that that moment would truly to be told just me and my child. And so um, I opted not to walk across the stage and to go to Atlanta, Georgia. And what I did on the, so I knew the day that, you know, graduation was to take place. So I actually went and purchased a card for myself. And I wrote words of encouragement to me. And I mailed it from Atlanta, Georgia to my, where I lived in Austin, Texas. So that the day that I returned from my trip, and people were, you know, taking photos and everything on, and I'm liking all the photos and rejoicing for them. And, you know, they're like, Teresa, we wish you were here. All of that. I had sent a card to myself so that when I came back from my trip, I would still be in a moment of rejoicing for me because that was a major accomplishment. There were so many obstacles that took place prior to my even Knowing, like, let me, I'm gonna make it real short. So, I was in a situation where I was living with family, and three months before I was scheduled to graduate, family, these relatives, made a conscious decision to ask me and my children. It, wouldn't, it really wouldn't ask, and I'm trying to be nice and politically correct, letting us know <laughs> that we were no longer welcomed in their home. And we hadn't done anything to warrant this other than finding out months later that fear had played a part in that. They were thinking we were going to be there longer than we were. And in all actuality, five weeks later, we were in our permanent residence. So had they just held on for five more weeks, it all would have went away. But anyway, so when that decision was made, I had to make a conscious decision. Do I continue to pursue my education or do I drop out? And because of the circumstances, I ended up having to drop out. So it took me 12 months from the time that I dropped out to go back to school to finish my degree. And I finished it. And so in a lot of ways, some folks would have said, well, because you went through all that you went through in order to get your degree, you should have walked across the stage. 
But for me, I needed a a separate moment because remember, I think I started off with this. Not everybody is going to celebrate you. Not everybody's going to clap for you. Not everybody's going to be happy for you. I think I started this episode off that way. Well, that was when my when I was counting up the cost. That was a realization that I had. And because I'd already faced disappointment in a lot of different ways leading up to graduating, I did not want to place myself or my emotions in a state of rejection again. So I chose me. I chose to be in the um, frequency and the energy of me celebrating me because I knew that that was a guarantee. Others celebrating me is optional. And so I made a choice to celebrate me with my oldest child. One of the best choices I could have made. We, we had a wonderful time. And so um, that is something that I literally, looking back, I'm glad that I made that decision to just, I chose me. I chose to celebrate me. And I still took the time to rejoice for my classmates. I still took the time to offer words of encouragement and celebration and love and all of those things because we did that. We did that. And so I lived vicariously through them as they walked the stage. You know, I've graduated before, so I know what that all feels like. Now, I had never gotten a degree before, but it is what it is. (laughs) And so, um, but I, you know, I knew what the whole graduating and getting ready and I knew what that felt like. So I was like, okay, you've had that experience. And it just so happened to be that when I opted to take that trip, my book, my um, novel, I believe... No, it was an opportunity for me to, that's what it was. It was an opportunity for me to, the same person I'm following now, five years in, it was an opportunity for me to be present at one of her events to show my support for her. And then it was also an opportunity for me to um, solicit my brand in a whole nother city. So I chose me. I chose me in a different way, in a different way. Because you, you know, walking across, that's you choosing you too. You know, so I don't want people to get that misconstrued that. Yeah, I just chose to celebrate me in a different way. And I wrote myself a card so that that way, when I came back into my city, I would still have a reminder of celebration. And sometimes we have to do that. Instead of waiting for others to celebrate you, instead of waiting for others to clap for you, um, instead of waiting for others to rejoice for you, sometimes you just got to take a moment to go to a store. You can go to the 99 cent store. You can make a personal card if you want, but sometimes you got to take a moment to rejoice for yourself, not waiting for someone else to do it, not waiting for the celebration to take place because people can talk all day long. Oh girl, we got to, we got to do this. We got to do that. And the intention is never truly there to follow through. (laughs) But it sounded good, though. Mm -mm. Don't wait on that. Choose you. So I hope that this episode encourages someone. I just wanted to take a moment just to, to talk about rejoicing for others. I know it's not always easy, but you know what? 
practice really does make perfect. And then also learning how to rejoice for yourself. If you're someone that has a really hard time because you got to start with self first, truth be told. The only way that you could pour out is if you pour in first. And so start with yourself. Start learning how to rejoice for you. Little bitty accomplishments. If, you, if you're someone that's just like, you know, I don't really do that. I don't really take time out to celebrate me. I don't really take time out to rejoice for me. Make that a priority some type of way, some type of way. So maybe that's the reason why I had to be up at three o'clock in the morning is for me to think about that. Think about that one thing, rejoicing for others and rejoicing for myself. Yeah, there's a shifting. And also recognize that people are going to always be people. <laughs> there's something that my aunt told me, y'all, and I, I just got to share this because it's, it's just so relevant. She said, this is my aunt Tina who said this. She said, so what you do when you meet someone and you get to know them, you need to put a label on it. And the reason why you're doing that now, I'm paraphrasing y'all because she might, she might add more to it. If, if we were to ever get her on here, I'm trying, trust me, I'm trying. I really want her on here one day. Um, but what she would say is put a label on it. So that way. Whenever that individual is being exactly what you've labeled them, you won't be caught off guard. And I was like, you know what? I feel like that's, you know, it, it, it has helped me. I'll put it like that. <laughs> I, I'll put it like that. Having that perception has helped me to deal with certain people. Because if you've already, in a sense put a label on them and you kind of know what you're going to get at any given moment from that individual, then anything on top of that, aside from what you've already, you know, pretty much you already kind of know based off of your experience with them is going to be. Hopefully, if it goes in the opposite way that you would expect, it's going to be anything on top of that will be gravy for you, because if I'm just going to give you an example. Let's just say that you're dealing with someone that you know that they're argumentative, right? If you say that the sky is blue, you already know they're going to tell you that it's green just because you said the words. Ooh, the sky is so pretty as blue. Girl, you know it's green. So if you already know that that individual is a very argumentative person, Whenever you go to say, oh, my goodness, that is such a beautiful home. And you know that they're going to say something like, child, now they need to cut their grass. You just know it's going it's coming. You know, it's coming. But because you've already labeled them as argumentative. The minute that they say, girl, no, they need to go ahead and change that color. It would be cute if. You know, your reaction is not going to be like you're not going to be offended. <laughs> Because you've already put a label on them. You already know. That's just what this person does. They like to argue. So the moment that you do that, you have your peace. So then if they go, you know what? It is a beautiful house. You might look real quick and be like, is this the same person? Because you're so used to them arguing with you. Yes, yeah, the same person. But because you have created that. I'm going to say wall of protection just for the lack of better words 
you're not easily, you're not as easily offended, if at all, because you already know who that individual is. And if they change their stripes, then you can change the label. (laughs) But at least that way you're not, you're not surprised. And so knowing that has helped me in so many ways. It's almost like, I believe when she, when she gave me those words of wisdom, it's almost like when people show you who they are, believe them. So if you know that you're dealing with an individual who, uh, does not really know how to celebrate others or doesn't really want to celebrate you, take note. And then that way, when they don't, you're not offended. I hope this helps someone. So this is going to conclude my episode on today, but I do hope that you all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please, 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 Do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you for listening.